What's going on, people? Welcome to Paint Points, the Timbles podcast with me, Jade Painting. Hope everyone's staying safe, washing their hands, doing everything they can to get rid of this pandemic. As usual, um, you can find my stuff over at Canis Hoopers, canishoopers.com, or you can follow me at Jade Painting on Twitter, J A K E P A Y N T I N G. Usually I'll be joined by a guest, but um, I'm starting today with a bit of a solo episode. I'll mainly just focus on the draft today. I've been researching and writing a ton about about draft stuff, and I thought um, I'll just go into a few prospects that are my favourites. I think I'll do about five from all around all around the class and all around the mock the mock drafts. So um, yeah, let's get right into it straight away. Um, we'll start with the TCU guard slash wing Desmond Bain. He's a 21 year old senior. He'll be 22 when he's drafted, or just a few days under 22. Six foot five in height, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Wingspan of six foot four and a standing reach of eight foot four. Um, he's projected to go in the second round. Some places even have him going undrafted, but I'd be surprised if he goes undrafted. So I think anywhere, kind of in the second round, he'd be an ideal target for Minnesota at thirty three. So um, he averages sixteen points per game. He's playing thirty six minutes on the dot, six point three rebounds. 3.9 assists, shooting 45.2% from the field, 44.2% from three on 6.5 attempts, and 78.9% from the line. Uh, obviously, the the main thing that jumps out when you when you watch him is um he's a ridiculously good shooter. He's got a consistent stroke. It's not it's not kind of perfect mechanically, but it's it's very easy looking on the eye, and he he's nailing it every time the exact same way so that's always a good start he's shooting 1.4 points per possession on spot up jumpers that's 91st percentile overall nationwide 89 percent on all jumpers um 44.3 percent on um off the dribble jumpers that's 1.3 points per possession 96 percentile so clearly a really top tier shooter he um he kind of he comes off off screens, moving off the dribble, all that kind of stuff. He's really one of the best shooters in the class, and um, I I'd be surprised if he's not a really high level shooter at the next level. He's he's good in the pick and roll, good as a scorer and a passer. He's got a really nice one dribble pull up for three. He can go both hands, both ways doing that. He's um he doesn't get to the ring as much as as you'd like as a as a pick and roll player, but he can pull up in the mid range here and there. Mainly, it's it's the three point shooting, but he he also flashes some really nice driving kick, skip pass with one hand, live dribble skip passes to the corner, which are really valuable in today's NBA. Especially if he's going to play more as a combo guard, he's not going to have um the ball in his hands all the time. So he can if he can make those reads here and there, those passes. If he can hit the pull up jumper out of out of the pick and roll, he might he could really be a really valuable uh, scorer in the pick and roll. Um, I buy stock in his defense. Uh, he's not a defensive playmaker, but he does do the little things well. He fights through screens. He gets low in his stance, keeps his head on a swivel all the time. He's just one of them players that um, that's just really solid on defense. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to blow your socks off with um, defensive plays, steals, blocks, whatnot, but he's going to do all the little things right. He's not going to tank a team defense at all, and that's um, that's really important, I think, for him if he can... If he can be a solid defender, plus with the shooting, that's really um, the the top tier kind of um, ceiling that you'd like to see him get to. He um, he's switchable. I think he can guard. He can guard maybe some some slower point guards, but probably not 
you know, your top tier starting point guards in the league, but he can definitely guard backup point guards. But I think mainly he'll be playing on, on shooting guards. He can switch to the two. Um, he's not going to... He's not going to dominate on on twos or threes, but he'll hold his own, and that I think that's that's enough. That's what you need him to do. He's not he's not a great athlete, which is um doesn't work in his favour. And the the wingspans are really probably one of his biggest issues. It's a negative wingspan, which is really rare to find in players under six foot six. Um, I went through the last five draft combines, so only Ty Jerome and Mello Trimble have a negative wingspan, and um. Ty Jerome, he played his rookie year last year with Phoenix. Didn't really, you know, do do a whole lot. I think he, he will hang in the lead for a bit, but he's definitely not the kind of player that you hope Desmond Bain ends up becoming. And Mallow Trimble, he's not in the NBA anymore. So um, that doesn't help, you know, kind of inspire confidence in, in Bain's uh, physical profile. But he's definitely got a better shooting touch than both of those players. He can do more. In the pick and roll, he can do more as a defender. So um, I think if he can be a great shooter, he can kind of negate his struggles. Um, another thing that he does struggle with is getting to the rim, as I said before, and that really hurts him getting to the line, which is obviously very important. It's the most efficient shot in the NBA is the free throws. So if you can get to the line, um, you can kind of score efficiently. And um, Minnesota, I know, strive to to get shots to the rim, get to the line, shoot three-pointers. Um, he shot 436 field goals, field goals last year and only 57 free throws. Since uh, 2000, only 20, play, 20 collegiate players have attempted more than 430 field goals and less than 60 free throws. None of them have played in the NBA. So he's going to have to be a really awesome shooter to negate that or he's really going to have to find a way to to get himself to the line more. He's he's pretty bouncy. He had one play, one alley-oop dunk where he, that I was watching the other day that was just unreal. You can find it on, on my Twitter if you scroll through a little bit. And that kind of shows that he can get up off the ground, but it's more um, it's more creating space off the dribble, like um, getting his shoulder into the defender to try and knock them off a bit and get a bit of space. He doesn't want to attack the bigs. He's definitely shot happy on offense. He wants to... Um, he wants to shoot the jumpers, so it's not going to be a strength of his, but if he can get it to maybe league average shooting at the rim, that'll be really big for him. For Minnesota, I think he'd really benefit at their, with their kind of, you know, shoot-at-will system. He um, he He's not um, a ball hold. He, he's obviously... He was the only threat, really, at TCU as a store I mean, he still was pretty happy to, to delegate the offense to other players, so that's... That's good, but I think um, he'd really work in Minnesota's system. Obviously, they have beat, um, Malik Beasley, Josh Okoge, Jarrett Culver, even uh, Jalen Noel, and even, I guess, you could, you could count Jake Lehman on the wings. So um, he, he will have a bit of a barrier to break through there if he wants to break into the rotation for Minnesota if they do consider him at 33. But um, if there's a you know an injury or, or something like that... Um, he could definitely end up, um, you know, busting through his ceiling and and getting there, playing playing good minutes on a good team. I think, especially the defense and the tra- and the passing translate. Um, yeah, I think Desmond Bain is definitely one to watch, especially in the later rounds. That's the only one I've got here that's um gonna end up going uh, in the second round. So he's the guy I'll be looking for in the second round. I haven't dug into a heap of second round prospects yet, so um. 
hopefully when I do, I might find another, a few other guys who I like. But um, right now it's Desmond Bain. So let's move on to the next one. It is um, Auburn wing Isaac Okoro. He's a freshman. He'll be 19 when he's drafted. He's six foot six, 225 pounds. So he's a he's a big dude. You know, wide, quite um, quite strong. He's got a six foot nine wingspan and eight foot five standing reach. He's projected to go in the lottery. I think looking through most mock drafts, you'll see him between maybe four being the very highest and twelve being the very lowest. So somewhere in there, I think if Minnesota slip and they because they're projected at three, obviously, um, if they slip and go down to maybe four, five, six, seven. He's probably someone they they'll look at. He averaged thirty one points per game, uh, thirty one minutes per game, twelve point eight points per game, four point four rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block. Shot fifty two point fifty one point two percent from the field and twenty eight point six from the three point line, two point five threes attempted per game. He also shot sixty seven point four percent from the free throw line. Um, obviously two things stand out straight away when you see stats and, and when you watch um, Okoro is he's a ridiculously good defender. I'm not talking um, I'm not talking really, really high level in the NBA, but he's he could he has the potential to be a very good defender. He's got really good size as I mentioned. Um, he's he's agile, he's he's great on like both wings, shooting guards and small forwards. He can even um Guard, guard ones at times because he's really good at the point of attack. He's quick feet, quick hips. That he's got good hip movement that allows him to guard the ones. Um, even even some fours. A lot of teams obviously playing small ball. I think he could guard small ball for a fours and um and hound plays at the point of attack or kind of um keep a player off the block or keep a keep a small four from kind of dominating him with their size. Um, Auburn switched everything pretty much. So um. That really that really bodes well for him. I think if if he comes to Minnesota, they're obviously looking to switch switch a lot of things at the moment. So he's already he's already experienced as a switcher. He knows how to do it. He calls out switches well. He communicates well with his with his um, teammates. He he doesn't he fights through screens, but he slips he slips screens, gets himself skinny, slips through them nicely. So that's um that's really big for him. His wingspan kind of limits his defensive playmaking. He's not going to dominate the the box score with steals and blocks, but um, what he does do is just just play solid defense at all times. He's always got his head on a swivel. He's always he's always helping out teammates. He's always kind of focused on offense on defense. He's never going to take a playoff so he can you know get a breather while he does his work on offense. He's um. Definitely a defensive-minded guy, almost a bit in the mould of Josh Okoge. I don't think he kind of has that same energy, but he's got a better better physical profile, better technique than Okoge, I think. So um, he's the kind of player, I guess, you could compare him to if you were looking at Timberwolves players to compare Isaac Okoro to. He, um, he's, yeah, I think he can be a really good defender at the next level. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes into the league straight away and can can definitely hold his own on defense. Uh, the second thing that stands out with him is the the opposite. He he just can't shoot. His mechanics aren't terrible, but they're inconsistent. They change as he's as he's um shooting. He doesn't shoot much. He's he's reluctant. He's only made less than one per game. So, and they're mainly wide open shots, mainly in the corner. He also shot under 68% from the free throw line. So 
that um that doesn't help him like that doesn't inspire any hope that he could really become a great shooter I think his best hope is to get to league average or around league average if he does I think he can be a very very good player but right now it it really hurts his stock if, if he can't shoot because obviously you need shooters these days in the NBA you need players who can even if it's just stand in the corner and make a wide open shot you need that and Okoro can hit the occasional three, but it's not going to be enough to to really help a team. And if you're playing four on five on offense, especially he's he's quite good. he's not bad on the ball. He um like he's quite a good slasher. He's got a quick first step. He he doesn't create his own shot really up in the mid range, but he can get to the ring. He finishes with both hands. He um he dislodges guys with his shoulder. Which is which is a really valuable skill to have. I don't know if that will will translate as much to the NBA when he's playing bigger, faster, stronger athletes. But in in college, he definitely um, was able to move guys out the way and and get his way to the ring and finish through contact, get to the free throw line. But if he can't, he probably won't be able to get as much time on the ball in the NBA because obviously there's going to be better players around him. He's not going to be thrust into a, a role where he kind of has the ball a heap at the top of the key running the offense so he might be pigeonholed into into a three and d type role which will really minimize his potential since he he can't shoot so that's um that's the big swing factor i think for a toro if he can get to 33 34 35 percent then he's a very very good player if he can't i think he'll still have a role as a defender and as a slasher he he needs to work a little bit on his cut, on his cutting off the ball, but I think if he can get that as well and just kind of in that same role as a Togi, just uh, cut to the basket, play defense, get get to the offensive glass, he could be a really good player. But um, yeah, without the shooting, he's not going to be great. He's he's not a bad passer. He doesn't get a lot of usage at um at Auburn even on a team. That's um, that he's kind of one of the better players on. He do, he doesn't get a lot of time on the ball. When he did, he could he could um, make really good reads, drive and kick, a few nice skip passes, play out a pick and roll a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really that thing where it's it's all it's a lot of all D, no offense kind of thing. Not not no offense, but um, three point shooting such a big thing these days. And if he can't do that, then he's gonna have to find other ways to impact the game, and he needs. He needs touches to do that. He needs time to be a slasher. He needs, you know, the the usage to be a slasher. So it's 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 a tough one. I really do like Isaac Okoro. I think he could be a good player for Minnesota if they were to take him in that in that four to seven range. He he'd make up for so many of the um of the deficiencies of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns on defense. I think he could take point of attack defenders, which allows you to hide D'Angelo Russell on on someone who's not going to be um, handling the ball. That's huge. I think in that same vein, in pick and roll defense, he can he can get through screens, which helps Cat gives Cat more time to to recover and um, get back into in the position he needs to be and kind of affect the play as an interior defender. But yeah, I think obviously with the core, as I said, um, he needs to be a better shooter right now. Very good defender. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully we can see him improve if he does come to Minnesota or, or if he doesn't. Maybe he he might be a bit redundant with Josh Okoge and Jared Culver already there. I think that's the that's the risk you take. You need one if you if you draft a, a Toro, 
you need one of them three guys to hit to hit threes better than they have in the past. So um, yeah, there's kind of a risk with him, but he's definitely definitely a good player, and I think definitely one that you should watch out for on draft night. Um, next up, we've got Pat Williams, Patrick Williams. He's um, a 18 year old. Uh, freshman from Florida State. He'll be the youngest player in to be like projected to be drafted. He's six foot eight, two hundred and twenty five pounds, six foot eleven wingspan. They don't have his standing reach anywhere that I can find online. So um, yeah, we're just going with a not available for that. But it's he's got quite long arms. He's very big for an eighteen year old. Um, kind of girth wise, he's very muscly. He he looks like he's already at grown man strength. So that's always a plus. He's projected to go anywhere from 12 to maybe the end of the first round. I've seen all sorts of things for him after about 10. So um, he'll be a good target at 16, which is the Brooklyn Nets pick, obviously assuming that that the ball doesn't start again. Um, Minnesota will have Brooklyn's pick, which is slotted at 16. Um, yeah, Patrick Williams would be a good, good pick there, I think. He played uh, 22.5 minutes per game. He started on the bench for Florida State, but he did... Um, did have a carve out a nice roll off the bench. He averaged nine point two points per game, four rebounds, a steal, and a block. Uh, four point nine, uh, forty-five point nine percent field goal, thirty-two percent from three, eighty-three point eight percent free throw. Um, I think what pops for him is his defensive versatility. He rotates really well and he blocks and affects a lot of shots. Um, he he's one of them players that kind of can. Can jump out the gym as a big as a big guy. He goes vertical a lot when he's defending, which is a, a very good skill to have. That helps him get blocked, so it just just affects shots at the rim without giving up fouls. Um, off the ball, he's actually quite good as well. He he keeps his head on a swivel like the last two guys do. He can get into passing lanes. He's got a really really good recovery time. Like that's the thing that I noticed straight away is when he does mess up. He can get back into the play and swat a shot from behind. He can get get back into the play and kind of get his feet set again. Um, that's that's really important because when he does get to the next level, no matter how good of a defender you were uh, in in college, you're gonna get beaten at the next level, especially in your rookie year, by by better players, players who have already played for such a long time in the NBA. So the fact that he can recover well, um, get back into the play. Swat shots, affect shots at the rim. That's um, that's really good for him. Um, what else? What else can we say about yeah, Pat Williams? Um, he's. I think that that defensive acumen gives him a high floor as a team defender. I don't think he'll ever be. He's not going to be an elite defender. I think, but I think he does a lot of things well. He will help any team, especially at the forward position. He's he's kind of the prototypical stretch four in today's NBA. He can he can defend the rim, but then he can shoot threes as well. He only shot, what was it, 32% from three, but um, he's got good mechanics. Um, theoretically, should be able to shoot at the next level with a consistent mechanics. Um, a lot of spot-up threes, obviously, at Florida State, like a lot of a lot of pick-and-pop, top-of-the-key, corner threes. They're really important as a four. If you, can, if you can just stretch the floor and hit them at a decent rate, I think he'll definitely be a good offensive player at the next level because he can do a bit of everything as well as shoot. He um he can he can pass a little bit. He can um he can drive. Obviously, he he's should be better as a roller I think than he is with his athleticism and and the way he moves. 
he doesn't really roll hard enough in pick and roll or set good enough screens. But um, apart from that, I think most of his offensive game is pretty well-rounded. He, um, As I said, he can pass. He even ran a few pick and rolls as the ball handler at Florida State. I don't think he'll do much of that at the next level, but it's encouraging that he can kind of do that, get into the lane, throw a few lobs, kick out to the corner. They're all really encouraging signs for a guy who's, you know, six foot eight, probably a power forward. And I've seen a lot of people say he can play small forward, but I'm not sure he can. He's got very slow hips. He doesn't turn very well, which which really limits him on switches. I think, again, theoretically, he should be able to do it, but when you watch him... He kind of just struggles with with um, quicker guys. I don't think he will ever be someone who can guard threes consistently. He might be he'll be able to switch on to players when um in switches in pick and roll and keep them contained here and there. But he's definitely not going to be a guy who you can just plant on a three and and set him loose. Um, apart from that, he's he's not a great rebounder, which is not great for his size. He's not he's not a bad rebounder, but I think he's he kind of even though he's quite strong, he still gets pushed out of position a bit. He's not the most technically sound rebounding the ball, but he he is the kind of guy who it seems like he could become a better rebounder with a bit of strength, a bit of coaching, a few more years playing basketball. He's obviously 18 years old, so um, that's ridiculously young. If he comes into the league next year, he's not going to be expected to be a star straight away. He wasn't even uh, starting for Florida State, so... He's the kind of guy you draft as a little bit of a project. I think he'd still play minutes in his first year in a bench role or even in a you know twenty five minutes a game as a starter, with with low usage and limited responsibilities. But um, yeah, Patrick Williams, he's, he's um he's a good player. I think I think he'll fit. I think he'd fit very well with Minnesota. I think they obviously need um, help at the power forward position. Uh, Juan Chohan and Gomez, his his future's up in the air with Minnesota. I know Jason Roses today said that um he he sees Hernan Gomez here long term, but I'm not I'm not overly sold on Hernan Gomez. I think um he, they they could definitely use an upgrade at the four, and I'm sure I think Williams could be that in the future. I'm not sure he's better than than Juan Cho right now, but he's he's got a better better archetype for what Minnesota need a shot blocker rotate over and help cut at the rim, play a bit of pick-and-roll defense, um, do a bit of everything on offense and still still hit threes. I don't think you'll be hitting at the clip that, that Hernan Gomez hit at this season, but if he can hit at 35%, that, that'll make him a really valuable player, I think. Um, apart from that, he could, he could even play small ball, small ball five, I think, um, in really small lineups, especially um, if they in the bench lineups when Cat's not on the floor. I think that's the kind of um, kind of offense and defense Williams could thrive in, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do if they if they do take Williams. Um, I think he's definitely one of the better candidates at sixteen. A lot of potential um, fits fits the timeline of a young team. Minnesota aren't, aren't good enough. I don't think next year to to need players who make the biggest impact. I think even if they are, you know, their ceiling's probably seventh or eighth seed. So I don't think um, Williams being young and inexperienced will hold them back from that if they were going to get there anyway. So, so yeah, um, Patrick Williams, Florida State, keep an eye out from, for him. Um, who we got next up? So next up, we've got Devin Vassell. He is my personal favourite. I think 
he could go anywhere kind of from from 6 to 13 is most most places you'll see him at. I think if Minnesota get anywhere 4, 5, 6, 7, I think it's a it's a good reach to take him. He's from Florida State. He's Williams' teammate. He's a, he's a sophomore. 6 foot 7 height, um, 195 pounds, 6 foot 10 wingspan. Again, couldn't find a standing reach for him, but um, I'd imagine it's pretty long because he's got really long arms. Um, so he, he stats, he averaged, uh, 28.8 minutes, 12.7 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.4 steals, one block, uh, he shot 49% from the field, 41.2% from three, and 73.8% from the free throw line. I think his immediate NBA still is his defense. He can, he can hang with guys on the ball. He's probably not going to be that's the kind of guy who shackles someone on the ball, but but I think he'll be a reliable one-on-one defender in the NBA, isolation defender. The thing that he does really well, though, is his team defense. He's a truly special team defender. I'd say probably the best in this class, especially definitely the best that I've kind of gone deep into. Um, statistically, he ranked in the 96% for his position, um, 96th percentile, sorry, for his position in blocks. Uh, 65, 65th percentile in steals and 90th percentile in uh, defensive box plus minus. He he does go way deeper than stats though. He um he looks longer than than his wingspan. That six foot ten wingspan. He looks way longer than that. You um you see him on the court and he's just he's just everywhere with those long gangly arms. He's he's very skinny, but um maybe that's why it stands out a bit more because they're they're thin, but. He uses every part of that wingspan to his advantage. Um, he's a, a genuine defensive playmaker. As I said before, some of these other guys are, are good defenders but don't really, um, you know, make make highlight plays defensively. Um, Fasel's kind of the opposite to that. He's he's a great defender and he's you just see him so much doing things on defense. Um, for, he likes to dig in, obviously, when he's off the ball and um, as a pick-and-roll unfolds, the ball handler comes around, he likes to dig his hand in um, and kind of disrupt the ball handler, gets a lot of steals like that. It's a very valuable play to be able to do do really well. It, um, it slows up the ball handler, it gives the big time to recover, it gives the ball handler's original man time to recover, and it obviously can create turnovers like Vassell does so much. If... Um, it's not a great play to, to do all the time if you can't get back to your man after you dig in and try and get that steal. But because Vassell's got such long strides, such long arms, he really does a great job getting back to his man after he digs in, even if they kick it to him straight away. He's so quick on closeouts that it really makes, makes it hard for him to even get a shot off. It's more just getting the ball out of the ball hand of his hand for no reason. So um, that's that's a really big skill to have. Um, he's got such high awareness all over the court. He's so energetic. He can play between multiple defenders when teammates are out of position. He um, does huge strides, allowing him to kind of play between two, closing out to one guy. They kick it to the open man. He closes out to that, that guy as well. That's um, another thing that China's just a really, really valuable valuable play type to be able to, to achieve. Um, he's also a really good shot blocker. He... He's not gonna. He's not, you know, your average rim defender, but he's kind of, um, 
it's kind of like a, a Covington Robert Covington light kind of um, archetype in that in that respect. He he can he rotates so well. He he times the ball up so well. He's got great hand-eye coordination. Um, he zones off his if his man's in the corner or in the slot, he'll zone off them um, so often and help and get in there with some help defense and then still get back to his man when the ball gets kicked out. Kicked out. Another another way that he uses those long strides and those those massive arms to um, affect defense uh, offensively. He struggles to get to the rim, mainly mainly strength and ball handling are the things that he needs to work on. He avoids contact at the rim a lot, which is a um, not a great sign. It's obviously something that's coachable, but he definitely needs to learn to to dribble the ball a little bit better and to to use his body to get into the lane, use his length to try and get get into defenders. Uh, at the moment, he he just kind of avoids the contact at the rim. He, he ranked 11th uh, at Florida State with its 22.1% uh, free throw rate. So for a guy who, who led the team in scoring, it's not a great sign that, that he's 11th on the roster in um, free throw rate. But I think what he can get he can get away with that because he's a really good shooter. He can shoot the leather off the thing, which it makes him a, the quintessential kind of 3 and D prospect. Um, like I said, a little bit of a little bit of Robert Covington in him. I think um, he's a great mover without the ball. He gets in the eyesight of the of the ball handler to get open. Um, he has the, uh, this funky looking kind of shot where it's it's a really high release, almost over the head and a little bit to the left. But it, it's it's very consistent and it clearly works. He hit um he hit over forty percent both years at FSU. So it's it's one of the things I don't think. Um, Teams will play around with it, so will play around with his his shot mechanics too much because it just it goes in. It's one of them shots where you just you just live and die with it. Um, as I said, he's a catch and shoot machine. He can work. He can work off off movement a little bit, running around screens, running from corner to corner. Um, they're really valuable things. He's he flashed a little bit of off dribble shooting, which is encouraging. I'd be surprised if he's he's hitting you know a high amount of off the dribble threes at the next level, but he can definitely uh, he definitely flashed it a little bit at FSU. I think he's the kind of guy who you can almost bet that he'll hit thirty over thirty six percent from day dot in the NBA. He look, has the look of someone who can hit forty percent one day, and if he, if he can hit forty percent off the, of his threes one day, and um, carry that that crazy team defense over with him, he's just going to be a really really hot, like high floor raiser for a team, a really a player who's not gonna I don't think he'll ever be a superstar. I don't think he'll ever even be a star. But he could be that that star in his own role kind of player that that, you know, Andre Iguodala, Joe Ingles, Marcus Smart, that kind of player that um that just makes a team better. Every team needs one of them players. And Minnesota especially need one of them players. Um if he can if he can be like that, I think he should be number one on their big board if they if they fall outside the top three. He he's just a really a really smart player, a really good shooter. He does a, he does so many things to help a team win. He's not going to be a, a kind of you know unselfish. He's not going to be selfish. He's not gonna he's not going to stop the ball. He's going to keep the ball moving. He's not really um, a playmaker at all. But he doesn't he doesn't hold the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over. He just keeps the ball moving. Gets his open shots, dominates on defense. You know, gets back, gets his open shots, moves the ball, same kind of thing. And that's um, in a weak draft. I think it's 
it's tempting to swing for the fences with a high a high ceiling guy and a, a low floor guy, someone like, you know, James Wiseman or Lamello Ball. But I think the Devin Vassells of the world um, are the players that Minnesota really need. And in a, in a weak draft class, you, I think they are better off just going with um, with the high with the high floor kind of player. He can immediately come in and make this team better. And I think if he was on the open market, that's the player they'd be looking for. So I don't think it's it's a risk at all to try and to try and take him in the draft. He he might be considered a bit of a reach at at you know five or six, but I really really am a believer in um in Devin Vassell. So um I'd be I'd be thrilled if they got him. Uh, let's go on to the last one for today. Obviously, a bit of a shorter pod today since um there's no guest and it's the, it's the debut of pain points. So I just wanted to to get it out the way, see how we're going, get a bit of, get a bit of feedback from you guys. Obviously, um feel free to drop me a line over at, at on Twitter or you, my emails in my in my Twitter bio. So whatever you want to talk about, want me to talk about, just um yeah hit me up over there. But um of course number one is um, Anthony Edwards. So he's going to go in the top three. I'd be very, very surprised if he went anywhere outside the top three. He's a 19-year-old freshman wing. He played for Georgia. Um, he averaged 33 minutes per game, 19.1 points per game, uh, 5.2 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 1.3 steals, shot 40.2% from the field. 29.4% from three and 77.2% from the free throw line. The first thing that jumps out, I guess, before you even watch him dribble a ball at all is his athletic profile. Um, and what what he does with it is that that's probably his most appealing trait, trait, I guess, or what he can do with it. He's six foot six, 225 pounds, 6'9 wingspan, 8'4 standing reach, um, Really bulky for a wing, same as same as a Toro, um, but unlike a Toro, I think he's he's much quicker. He's extremely bursty, great reactionary speed, um, change of directions. He's just one of them kind of um, really noticeable athletes on a tour. He's got good vertical. When he gets um, downhill with the ball, he's a menace. He's got a sick first step. Um, wards off defenders with his strength. Um, he's flashed spins, crossovers. Euro steps the lot when he's um when he's heading downhill towards the ra- the rim, so um I think that's that's what you want to see him do. He obviously he did it quite he didn't do it enough at Georgia. He he loves his own jumper and that's there's no two ways about that. Um, his shot selection is an absolute disaster. He he doesn't he just doesn't play to his strengths. He'd rather settle for a jumper than put pressure on the rim. It's frustrating as hell to watch. Because he could truly dominate, I think if he if he had of he had that mentality just attack attack attack, he could really be um, a hard player to guard. But he's kind of got um, uh, I dare say some of that Andrew Wiggins in him, where he just he just doesn't understand his strengths. And I think as we saw this year, that can be coached out of someone. It took Wiggins five six years to do it, but the right coaching staff, um, the right analytics department can kind of show you that um shooting shooting 28 foot jumpers or 18 foot jumpers even is just not the way to go um he just he was the only offensive creator really for Georgia it's definitely only the peri- the only perimeter creator I think that's that's one of the main reasons why his numbers just stink his shooting numbers 
he really um he I really believe that he's a he's a better shooter than his numbers suggest. He took way too many bad shots, and that's you can't kind of uh, dance around that. But when I'm surprised, I'm, I'm shocked he even made. 29.4% or whatever it was. Yeah, 29.4% of his threes because just the, sh- the difficulty of these shots were just so ridiculous. Um, all game, every game, he was taking hard shots. He kind of is one of them guys where he just... As soon as he sees an opening, he just shoots straight away. He doesn't kind of uh, read the play enough. He doesn't, doesn't understand that he can get past pretty much any defender with his strength and his size and his um, speed. So he just pulls up for the jumper. You can tell he was one of them players in younger leagues that kind of just dominated all the time. And now um, now he's learning how to kind of truly use use his, his strengths and, and get to the rim and whatnot. His mechanics are nice. His free throw percentage is nice. I think um, that really bodes well for him in the future as a shooter. He's, he gets, he's just a crazy shot creator. I think that's one thing that kind of goes underrated with him is that he um he might have missed a lot of his shots and he shot way too many difficult shots, but he just the, to even get some of these difficult shots is just a thing that a lot of prospects can't do. He gets a ton of space on his step backs and side steps. He uses them really regularly. Um, he's got a vicious little jab step. That one that one jab step and go. Um, if he could just be reined in a little bit by an NBA team and just show him give him a a boxed-in role, shoot this, you know, drive now. I think he really could be a good player. And then as he as he gets smarter and more experienced, you kind of let his role expand a little bit. And I think he really does have a chance to be... I don't think he'll ever be a superstar. I don't think anyone in this draft will ever be a superstar. But I think he has a chance to be uh, a fringe star, a fringe all-star, very a high-volume scorer who can, who can do it on decent percentages. Defensively, um, and again, there's there's a little bit of Wiggins about him. He's just he just doesn't seem to really care off the ball. He he's late on rotations. He you know he he falls asleep. He ball watches. Um, when he's paying attention, he's a really good defender on the ball. He's he reaches too much, but when he he he's a much better point of attack defender than he is off the ball. He slides his feet well. He um he gets low in his stance. He can finish plays with with big blocks because of his uh like his quick vertical jump. He as I said he reaches way too much and that that often puts him out of position. But when he's not reaching, he's um he's a very good on the ball defender and a, and a really a really strong guy. So it's hard to move him. He he fight, he gets through screens pretty easily. Um even even when he does get beaten he can recover pretty well because he he's so quick and he's he's so athletic that um but yeah it's one of them things he he needs a little bit of coaching on the ball i think off the ball it's more mentality awareness uh care he needs to just take a bit more care and pride in, in his off ball defense which i think is one of them things the same i think again it's it's a problem it's definitely a problem i think he it's when he gets to the NBA, he might realise that that's the kind of thing he needs to do to stay on the floor. He doesn't seem like he's disinterested at all. Like while he's on the court, he seems like he wants to play. He's um he's quite quite passionate, but I think he's just just a bit a bit um lackadaisical off the ball. I think he kind of he probably hasn't ever had to be that great off ball defender because he was always so good. 
um, as an as a scorer and and probably as an off ball on ball defender when he was young. But he definitely needs to needs to just polish his off ball defense if he wants to become a good defender in the in the league. I think he also he needs to just I think all around he needs to polish his game. He needs to just find what works for him and and do that instead of trying to do everything, trying to hit these crazy threes, trying to, you know, score in 20-point flurries, which he can do. He had one game uh, against, uh, was it maybe Michigan State, where he scored 37. He had four points at half time and he just went bonkers in the second half. That's the kind of thing he can do. I think he, he's a real... A real, uh, you know, kind of heat up guy. When he when he hits a few shots, you can see it kind of kind of switch in his head that um that he's going to take over now. And I think that's that's really important as a scorer. But he needs to become the kind of player who can do it consistently. You don't want a player who can who can score fifteen in five minutes and then not score for you know twenty a twenty minute stretch, which is again very Andrew Wiggins ish. But um yeah, I think. I think it's maybe a bit harsh to compare him to Wiggins. I think Wiggins is probably uh, a better vertical athlete, a bit longer, a bit taller, but um, Edwards is, is stronger. I think he's a better shooter. I think he's definitely a better shot creator. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of an unfair comparison, but it's one that definitely popped into my head while I was watching Anthony Edwards. Um, for Minnesota, I think if they land in the top three, they've got to take him, I think. He's a, definitely a better option for them than than say Ball or or Wiseman or Obi Toppin. I think uh, he obviously can play the three. I think he's more of a two, but he can play the three. I think they'd probably start him at the three if they drafted him. Um, he can. I think he could guard threes on the ball. Obviously, like I said, he needs to pay more attention off the ball. But um, if he if he put it all together, he's the kind of player you want to take. He's the he's the the big swing. He's gonna um, either probably broom or bust. I think Danton Edwards and um, if Minnesota are looking to swing for the fences, I think he's the guy they should take. So um, that's five. That's five guys um that I that I really enjoy watching playing, watch playing. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Um, I'll be back maybe next week with a guest. Um, I'll be just working on a few things trying to get. Get um the you know all the all the podcast um platforms up and about um get them going but um yeah um I've been Jake Painting this is Paint Points P A Y N T P O I N T S um and yeah thanks for joining me guys see ya. <laughs>